You're going where? You're doing what? Are you crazy, Aunt Tam? Make sure you subscribe. Welcome to Many Roads Traveled. I'm Tamara, and I have one question for you. Do you love to travel? Awesome! Well, then I invite you to join me on my 30,000-mile road trip from Paris to Cape Town back to Nairobi. One more thing. We'll be traveling back in time to 1993 before the internet, Google Maps, and cell phones. However, not to worry because I do give you up-to-date info on each episode. Plus, you can always find more information on my website, manyroadstravel.com. So without further ado, let's hit the road. It's episode 43. And on today's episode, we, well, after doing my six-day trek up Mount Kilimanjaro, which was amazing, and then a kind of an unexpected party night the night before. <laughs> so we're going from Mashi to Dar Salaam via train, and then from there we're catching the ferry to well-deserved one-week rest in uh, Zanzibar. So going to the East Coast as well as spending some time in Stonetown. So we're going to be covering about 400 miles on this trip, which is taking us up over 18,000 miles on this 30,000 mile journey. Before we crack on, I just want to basically give you a heartfelt thank you for listening and, and joining me on this epic, crazy trip, which was my first backpacking trip. So, you know, talk about throwing myself in the deep end. <laughs> Thanks so much. I really, really appreciate you for coming along with me. It is now day 253. Finished the uh, six-day trek up Kelly, which was just amazing. One of my favorite experiences in my life to this day. If you haven't listened to those three episodes, then I recommend you do it. It was fun. <laughs> it was hard, very hard, but it was fun. After my party night the night before, I really just wanted to sleep all day, to be honest, because I was still pretty exhausted from Kelly. I mean, I think I covered like 90 kilometers in those six days. And, you know, you're going up, well, the highest mountain in Africa. <laughs> it's like almost 5,900 meters and 30,000 feet. So not really easy. But, of course, sleeping all day in Africa is basically impossible. <laughs> so I was woken up at 6 in the morning. So I had some breakfast and then went to the train station because I really wanted to get going to Dar es Salaam. So once I got to the train station, there was just this, like, massive queue. And I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to work a little TAM magic and go find the station master because I've used this tactic before and it worked. Found the station master and basically just charmed him. So I got a second class sleeper ticket in about two minutes rather than waiting hours. So <laughs> got to do what you got to do sometimes. So yeah, so I was on the train for four o'clock that day. So I had some time to kill. Back to my little hotel, packed up, checked out. This is another thing you can still do to this day is you can often leave your bag in storage because checkout's usually, you know, 10, 11 a.m. And you can usually do that for free. So that's what I did. And then I just went to the Y because I had met lots of people <laughs> in Moshi trying to book this bloody trek as well as on the mountain. A lot of them were staying at the Y. So I went over to the Y because they had a pool. It was really fancy Y actually. Yeah, I just chilled out there for for a few hours by the pool and then went for one last meal at my favorite restaurant, the Coffee Tree House. Go pick up my bag and then boot it to the train stage. Got there with five minutes to spare and my carriage was much, much nicer than my train journey from Kagoma to Arusha. That was a nightmare. <laughs> So you can get to that episode, I think it was about 
five episodes ago or so. And there was only two of the ladies in my carriage. So the carriage is sleep six. They were really lovely. And they were a little bit later on, they were having their dinner. So they brought out all this food that they brought and they shared some of their fried fish with me, which was very sweet. And I just, yes, yeah, sat by the window and this part of Tenzing is really beautiful. It's it's quite green and kind of watch Killy disappear in the background. So said my final goodbye to that beautiful majestic mountain. And then just got into my little bunk at like about eight o'clock because I was still pretty tired. <laughs> An hour or so later, three other ladies came in, which was fine. You know, they were pretty quiet, although pretty impossible to sleep because I actually felt like I was on a truck on a really, really bad road full of potholes. The train was that jerky that I'm surprised I didn't fall out of my bloody bunk. <laughs> And I was on the top part, so it would have been a bit of a fall. So it was more like holding on for dear life than really getting much sleep, to be honest. So that kind of sucked. <laughs> Pulled into Dar Salaam about 8.30 in the morning. While I was getting off the train, I met this Australian girl called Karen. And we decided to ferry terminal together to get our tickets to go to Zanzibar. We managed to get turn tickets, which were at the time $16. And that was the fast ferry. Supposed to take two and a half hours roughly to get there. And again, we were able to leave our bags in the storage at the ter ferry terminal, so that was cool. And then I made it basically to a beeline to the post restaurant in, in Dar es Salaam because I hadn't got any mail since Nairobi, I think. So it'd been quite a while, a couple months. So with high expectations, went to post restaurant and I had four letters, so I guess that's better than none, but a little bit disappointed I didn't have more. Because this is, remember, back in 1993, so, you know, no modern technology like internet or cell phones, ATMs, anything like that, you know, email, <laughs> Facebook, all that. So the only way to get mail was from the city's post restaurants which is part of the kind of the post office. And it would just have your name on it in care of CEO slash, say, this one was Dar es Salaam, Tanzania, post restaurant. That's it. So I know that a lot of stuff didn't make it to me <laughs> as well. But yeah, it was always exciting to to go to, to post restaurant to hear some news from home. Still had some time to kill. And Karen and I walked through town, checked out the sites. You know, it's a big city, so there's not a lot to see there. But it was kind of cool because I had been in smaller cities or the middle of nowhere for quite a while. So it was okay. It was getting the city vibe. Claire had told me, like, you have to go to this restaurant called the Snow Cream because it was like a super fancy ice cream parlor. So we went there and wow, yeah, it was. I felt like I was back home. They had just so many ice creams and oh my gosh, it's luxurious. So I treated myself and got a banana split. <laughs> And it was only about a dollar fifty, so that was okay. And it was so good because I had had ice cream for again months. Then so we headed back to the ferry terminal. We had to pay a five dollar departure tax, which is to this day you have to do that. And then we set sail about one p.m. And it was nice because I just sat on the deck and it was beautiful blue skies and the water was clear blue and it was it was really lovely. Supposed to only take two and a half hours, but it took us three and a half hours for some reason. <laughs> so we got into Zanzibar about four thirty p.m. And then you just kind of go through customs, got another stamp of the passport, which is kind of weird because Zanzibar is part of Tanzania. And then as soon as you come out of customs, you're just kind of pounced on by all the beach boys who try and take you to the hotel so they can get a little kickback commission. You kind of just have to wade through them, basically. <laughs> and I just wanted to get right to the East Coast because that's where the beautiful beaches are, ASAP. Because like I said, I need some R&R. &R. My poor feet were still covered in blisters from Kelly because I had to wear hiking boots that were three sizes too big. So I just needed some R&R. &R. Luckily, I overheard two Irish guys saying that that's what they wanted to do as well. 
So I just went over to them and I was like, hey, do you guys want to share a taxi with us to go to East Coast? And they're like, yeah, that sounds cool. And they were called Brady and Norman. So the four of us just shared a taxi. So I think it only cost us about $3 each. And we went to this place that Claire told me about called Paradise because she only paid $2.50 a night to camp. So we got there, but they were like, no, we had to stop doing that because some tourists got mugged on the beach and we got fined big time. So we've stopped doing that. We're like, okay. So we went back to Paja, which is a, one of the resort areas or towns. And we just found, you know, another, my usual cheap and cheerful guest house. It was only seven bucks a night and that did, but that did include breakfast and lunch. So that was pretty good. Paja is pretty small. The beach, it is beautiful. Although it's weird because in the mornings, the tide is so far out. It's about two kilometers to get to the water. <laughs> Then by about 12, 1 o'clock in the afternoon, it comes in. Yeah, just chilled, got the old bikini on, uh, cut some rays, swam, just uh, with what the doctor ordered, that's for sure. So we just had dinner at the guest house, which is pretty good. So then after dinner, they rolled out a TV and a VCR, remember 1993, <laughs> and I put on some movies, which was Wow, that was great because, again, hadn't seen, you know, any TV or movies for quite some time. Just watch those and then get to bed early. Again, still trying to catch up on my sleep, basically. The next day, 255, pretty much the same day, beach day. Spent the day catching spray, swimming, reading, chilling out. Four of us decided we were going to walk to the next town for dinner, which is called Jambiani, because apparently it was only three kilometers away. Well, an hour later... <laughs> walking down the beach we arrived there it's it's dark and it was like a ghost town there was no electricity so it was really dark luckily it was it was almost full moon so we had the moonlight we're like okay well this is weird <laughs> like where is everybody i was like okay well i'll just go check it out because the irish guys are just start taking the piss out of me all the time and they they call me the fearless leader <laughs> i don't know it's the irish for you so taking the piss means making fun of so I walked around the town and then found like two guest houses that had lights on. And so I went into one and asked if they could make four of us dinner. And the guy was like, yeah, sure, that's great. And then went back, rounded up the, the three of them. And on our way, we bumped into two guys. One was English, gerbil. <laughs> and the other guy was called Fergus. He was Irish. So I was surrounded by the, the Brits, basically. <laughs> so the six of us had dinner there. So we had a couple warm beers because they had no electricity. I don't know if it was just for the night. You know, this happened a lot in Africa. The electricity would go out at nighttime. And then I met Ali, the owner of the guest house. And then he took me on a little tour of the guest house and showed me the rooms and everything. And he said, listen, I can give you a room. And they're really nice little rooms with you know, a comfy bed and mosquito nets. But for five bucks a night, and I'll throw in breakfast as well. Uh, if you're interested, I was like, okay, that sounds great. Save two bucks a night. <laughs> it's all about the budget. And I had it's getting very, very low on funds. I mean, I've been on the road now for over eight months. And Ali also said, and I'll also come and get you from Page in a car, bring you here for free. So I was like, okay, sounds good. Let's do it. We'll do it tomorrow. Of course, I went back and told everyone. And then they all decided that they're going to do that too. <laughs> so see, I guess I was the fearless leader. <laughs> then we just walked back down the beach uh, under the moonlight. So it was really beautiful. Back to Page. And then when we went to Page, the Irish guys, I don't know, they, I think they had some grass on them. Some weed. Yeah, skinned up a few joints, had those, sitting on the beach under the moonlight. It's beautiful. Another beer. And then finally passed out about midnight. <laughs> These were late nights. I used to go to bed about 8 or 9 p.m. for quite a while. So party time was back. After breakfast the next day, we all packed up and we're waiting for Ali to, to come pick us up. Because I guess he had to find a car that was big enough for all of us now. <laughs> it's like all six of us were going. <laughs> but if you heard other episodes, you know how they can jam-pack 
any kind of vehicle, cars, pickups, trucks, whatever. Yeah, that wasn't a big problem. And, we, it, you know, it wasn't a very far drive, so it was okay. Finally got going about 11 a.m. to Giambiani. Because now we're seeing the daylight. And actually, the beach was a lot nicer. It was a lot cleaner, like less seaweed. So that was good. And it didn't quite seem to go out quite as far for some reason. The tide, I don't know. Just beautiful, you know, your sandy white beaches, crystal clear water and all fringed with palm trees. And then you get the breeze as well, sea breeze. So it was just ideal. Perfect. Plus I'm only paying five bucks a night. <laughs> and they had like a mosquito net, sheer like material. And I was laying in the bed under this material. And the Irish guys came in and they just started laughing their heads off like, oh my God, you look like the Queen of Sheba. <laughs> so that was another new nickname to add to Fearless Leader ridiculous but it was so funny especially once I was on my own traveling I you know you meet other travelers and you might talk to them for quite a while but you don't exchange your names right away so then when I would finally say oh I'm Tam or Tamara they'd be like oh my god you're the crazy Canadian chick we've heard about because I guess not many people especially women came down from Europe down through to South Africa I mean I'm in Tanzania now so I'm not quite South Africa yet. And plus I went to a lot of through Ethiopia, which it was kind of illegal to go by land through Ethiopia at the time. And, you know, through Sayer and Uganda. So I was kind of off the beaten track quite a lot too. Because most tourists back then, even probably now, most people just go to Kenya, Tanzania, Malawi, and to Zimbabwe. I mean, that happened to me so many times. Like always the same. You're the crazy Canadian chick. <laughs> so I kind of took it as a badge of honor, I guess. And then the rest of the day just spent chilling. I wasn't feeling great. Good old period pains and cramps were pretty, kicked in pretty badly. And Brady was still recovering from his sunstroke. So him and I were kind of in the sick bay. But later on, about four o'clock in the afternoon, the rest of them had said, oh, we're, we're going to rent a boat and go snorkeling for a few hours. You, you should come. And I, I really didn't feel like it, but they just kept on at me. So I was like, okay, fine. It's like a dow boat, wind boat. So we got in and then the boys were like pushing the boat out. But they were like, come on, jump out and help us. So I jumped out. Well, I landed on a bed of sea urchins. <laughs> I swear to God, I almost like flew right back up onto the boat. Oh my God, the pain. I must have had about 30 of the sea urchin spines in my left foot and about 20 in my right foot. Ridiculous. So I'm definitely not in the mood to go snorkeling. I was so, oh, like I said, my feet were already covered in blisters from hiking not a happy camper well just you know sit on the boat and put your feet in the water and we'll deal with it when we get back i'm like yeah great thanks because what happens with a sea urchin the spines they dig in they go quickly further into your body pretty fast they went snorkeling about two hours and said it was pretty good and then we got back and i kind of had to hobble i think actually one of the guys just picked me up <laughs> So they just picked me up, took me to our guest house because, you know, there's a little porch bit with chairs. Gave me a beer and a joint for the pain. And then Karen was a nurse, uh, so she had a needle. So she started digging these spines out of my feet. But most of them had got embedded quite quickly. So she really had to dig in there. Oh, my God, the pain. So about halfway through, the boys brought me over a bottle of rum <laughs> for shots for the pain, which did help. She got most of them out, but like I said, some had just got in too deep. And literally months later, I'd be walking and I'm like, oh, what's that on my foot? And I look and yeah, it's a spine coming back out and I'd have to dig it out myself. Ridiculous. So recommend you look where you jump <laughs> in the sea. <laughs> we all had dinner together. And then Fergus and Gerbil, they headed out because they had to go back to England. They were just on a three week holiday. 
So I said goodbye to them. And the rest of us just went onto the beach because it was like full moon. And uh, yeah, got pretty stoned. <laughs> like really stoned. It was quite hilarious. <laughs> so again, passed up out about 1 a.m., another late night for me. It was such a nice change to have, you know, so much fun and so much laughing. So <laughs> it was all good. <laughs> the next morning, Karen, Brady, and Norman all wanted to leave Jimani uh, to get back to Stonetown. They were waiting around all day for a ride and never, it never came. <laughs> so they were stuck there for another day. Not a bad place to get stuck though. And I was just chilling on the beach, reading and swimming, doing my usual. So it didn't really affect me too much. And then when I was on the beach, I saw a fisherman bring in his catch. So I walked over to him to see what he got. And I ended up buying like a whole squid from him for like a dollar. And then went back to my guest house and they cooked it up for me and added some sauce and some rice and salad for like a dollar. <laughs> so happy days. I picked out that night. Finally had an early-ish night. It was in bed about 11. And then Karen, Brady, and Norman, they just slept on the porch because they wanted to get the 4 a.m. bus to Stonetown to try and get on the 7 a.m. ferry back to Dar es Salaam. And then I was going to meet Karen either on the ferry or in Dar es Salaam the next day. So it's now day 258. They had left and my plan was I was just going to stay on the beach for most of the day and then either get a bus or, or a ride to Stonetown later on that afternoon so then I could get on the ferry the next morning. But then Ali had a friend that was going to Stonetown at 11 in the morning and because I saw what happened with the guys the day before I was like okay yeah I better get this 11 o'clock ride. So did that and we're in the back of this pickup truck and about halfway to Stonetown it's about 50 kilometers well, it started raining, of course, and then it turned to sleet. I was like, what? Sleet? How did this happen? Good thing I didn't stay on the beach, really. But I got to Stonetown about an hour. Yeah, Stonetown's really cute. I mean, it's one of the oldest cities, I think, in Africa because it was on the spice trade. Cobblestone pathways and very narrow alleys and road, well, paths, roads, pretty small. <laughs> Built, you know, white stone buildings and shops and restaurants and bars and cafes. And yeah, it's really, really cute, but you can get lost super easy because it takes a little while to get your orientation. So I, I did do a few laps, got, <laughs> I walked around in circles quite a few times, but finally found a nice guest house, which had a hot shower. Wow. Like that was just like, this is crazy. I haven't had one of these for a long time. Just had the bucket showers for, for ages. And of course, Kilimanjaro, no showers. <laughs> And the hotel also had, uh, it's called Manchi, and it also had a really nice rooftop terrace. And it was only six bucks, including breakfast. So that was, that was the score. Just took a walk around town. I had a little cheap and cheerful restaurant called the Dolphin. So I had lunch there, some fresh fish, which is great. And then just went back to my hotel and had a little siesta. You know, as you do, island life. <laughs> so I headed back into town because I wanted to get, they do these woven little mats to help for insulation and a bit of padding for where I'm camping. Find one of those in the markets because the markets are great. There's lots of cool stuff to buy there. And then I just went to one of the little street vendors and had some fresh fish and chips for a dollar. And then I went to the Africa House, which is the place to watch the sunsets in Stonetown. Bit of a traveler's hub, had a drink. I met this guy from Liverpool called Steve. He was pretty cute and started chatting to him. And then he invited me out to go with him and his group to grab some pizza later on. Well, I realized that he was part of an overland group, which if you heard past episodes, you know, I'm really not a fan of those. <laughs> but I was like, okay, whatever. For the pizza, we went to the place called the House of Spice and him and I split a seafood pizza and he bought me a couple beers. So that was cool. 
And then after pizza, we went back to the Africa house and he started buying like double distilled whiskey and ginger ales, which I never drink whiskey, (laughs) but it was actually not too bad. And he was buying them. So I was drinking them. (laughs) And the next thing you know, all of his group had left. So it was just him and I. And we were like pounding back these whiskeys and ginger ales. Oh my gosh. We got quite drunk. We got the bright idea. Well, let's go to the beach and grabbed a beer for the road to go to the beach. So we're sitting on the beach, and then this guy comes up. I started chatting to him. Next thing I know, I'm handing over some money, Nick and I get a bag of grass in return. I managed to talk him into rolling a few joints because we were too drunk to roll, basically. So he did that. Then Steve gets the bright idea. Well, let's go to a disco because there was one right next door to where we were staying. So we go into this disco. Oh, my gosh, it's hilarious. <laughs> To start drinking this local alcohol shots and more beer. Like he was buying. So I was like, whatever, right? Stayed there for a little bit and then went back to the beach. It was probably around two in the morning and we were just hammered. Well, we get to the beach. He passes out on the beach. Next thing I know, these two guys come over to us and I just knew they're going to try mug us for sure. (laughs) So I stood up. And I was like, what do you want? And they're like, money. I'm like, piss off. You're not getting any money. Shoved one guy. But we had a plastic bag, which had my mat in it. I think we had one beer left. But I didn't realize Steve's camera was in that bag. But they grabbed this plastic bag and started running. And I was like, no, not having it. The tiger lady from Ethiopia is back. (laughs) So I took off after them. Kind of got half the bag. Like I said, didn't know Steve's camera was in there. So I just wanted my mat. You know, waiting months to buy this mat. So I grabbed the mat. And the dope, because the, the bag of grass was in that bag. So I managed to get those two things. I knew there was a beer in there, so they took off with the beer. I didn't really care about that. Walk back. Wake up Steve, because he slept through this whole thing. <laughs> Dude, we got to get off this beach. Come on. We stumbled back to my hotel with the help of some young local boy I met on the streets, because I n- never would have found my hotel <laughs> without his help. Finally get to the hotel, three in the morning. Realize I don't have my key. Lost my key somewhere, whether it was in that bag or something. I don't know. So I have to go wake up the owner. I ended up apparently waking up everyone. They couldn't find the spare key. They unscrew the door handle first and then get a machete to pry the door open. In the process, take out half the wall. <laughs> Finally get the door open. They didn't seem to care. I felt really bad, obviously. Like half under the mosquito net and Steve and I just collapse. Steve starts throwing his head off, but luckily I still passed out. Oh my God, we were ridiculous nights. See, a lot of times I say, yeah, solo female travelers, maybe shouldn't want to listen to some of my things I did. Because <laughs> everyone else would say, don't ever do this. Anyways, woke up at eight in the morning in a complete panic because I realized, oh, I've missed the ferry. I'm supposed to be getting the ferry at seven in the morning. It's me, Karen, on the ferry. Now it's eight in the morning shove steve awake he's like i gotta get back to my hotel and because our group is going on a spice tour at nine in the morning and then that's when we realized his camera was in that bag that they stole so he's pretty pissed about that obviously i had to tell him what happened because he was slept through the whole thing and then he's like oh and i don't have any money left probably because he spent it all on booze <laughs> so I, I lent him a thousand shillings which is about two dollars so he could get a taxi back to his hotel so he could make the spice tour and then just said you know i'll see you later at the africa house later on tonight oh my god but i was so hungover i didn't know what to do because i couldn't fall back asleep but i'm like oh my god 
I can't believe I missed the ferry as well. I had breakfast and I went into town because I wanted to try and sell my ferry ticket because it was an open ticket, but they didn't leave on Sundays and the next day was Sunday. So anyone could use it, but just not on Sundays. And that's obviously when I needed to go, (laughs) but I didn't have any luck. In my little walkabouts, I met this nice Canadian lady. I was 23 at the time. She was about 32. She's a bit too goody-goody for me, but, you know, she's nice enough. And this German guy. So I ended up just chatting to them for ages. And then we went to the Africa house for sunset. And then Steve and his group showed up. Bit awkward, I guess. I don't know. Like, we, we didn't slept together, but we had kids. I just arranged to meet them later. They literally just popped in for sunset. They were going for dinner. Because I met a Kiwi couple who were really nice. So I hung out with them for quite a while. We went to this area, it's called the Gardens, and it's just, it's really lovely square, and there's like loads of different food vendors, street food vendors, and there's all lanterns around. It's really lovely, and it's so cheap, and it's really great food. I mean, they had like fried squid, and octopus, and fish, fish cakes, and these little like egg pancake thingies. So cheap. So ate there, and then went back to the Africa house. Steve was there, and started buying the whiskey and ginger ales again. I was like, no way, it's not happening again. <laughs> so I just had a couple. <laughs> he, he was just being a really clingy and coupley, and I found it really annoying. And then he was like, well, can I stay at yours tonight? And stupidly, I said yes, and then regretted it immediately. But we all left to go to this disco, which I didn't want to go to, but it was, it was really close by, but it was dead. So then we all jumped in a taxi to go to this other disco where Steve and I was the night before. We passed my hotel and I just went, you know what? I'm out of here. Don't stop the taxi. Jumped out, said goodbye, and ran into my hotel to my new room that had a door with a lock on it. So that was good. It was a lucky escape and then just kind of crashed. Of course, woke up the next day at 9 a.m. in a state of panic. But luckily, my ferry didn't leave till 10, so at least I had a bit of time, but I thought I'd missed it again. Packed up, had a quick breakfast, checked out, apologized again for the night before, <laughs> and headed to the ferry terminal because, like I said, I hadn't sold that ticket. So I went and spoke to a lady there, and she she's like, oh, yeah, you'll be able to get refunded in Dar es Salaam. But I know how Africa works, and I'm like, okay, well, can you stamp it and sign it so it's official? I suppose it's going to refund. She's like, okay. Just about to buy a new ferry ticket, and I saw Cheryl in line to get the government ferry, which is a cheaper option, but and it left at nighttime. So you also save the night's accommodation. And it was only $2 compared to $8. But I had like 15 minutes to decide because my fast ferry was about to leave. And then I just thought, oh, well, screw it. I'll just get the night ferry. Because like I said, every little bit of money saved is fine for me. Plus a night's accommodation. So now I have a day to kill in Stonetown again. <laughs> I just hung out in the park. Of course, go back to the Africa house for our last sunset. And I see, I'm bumping into people I've met who, you know, I was supposed to have left two days ago. <laughs> They're like, you're still here? What? And I'm like, I know. Trust me. No one is more surprised than myself. We went to the gardens again for the street vendor food for dinner and then got to the, the ferry terminal at about nine o'clock. And I just found a nice little spot on the deck. Got my sleeping bag out and uh, went to bed. <laughs> I fell asleep pretty quick. Finally left Zanzibar at about 11 p.m. that night. That's it for this episode. Of course, subscribe so you don't miss a step along the way. And next week, well, it's another big travel day. Basically, I, it's a race for me to get to Nakata Bay in Malawi before my birthday. Birthday's October 7th and it was around October 1st now. So it's a long way to cover. Big travel day <laughs> from Zanzibar down to Malawi. And now it's time for Tam's Top Tips. Tip number one is, yes, you can get the train from Amashi to Dar es Salaam. And it's about 435 kilometers. So it takes about 10 to 12 hours. And tickets are between $7 and $20, depending on which class you get. 
like I said, second class sleeper was was good. And tip number two is the ferries from Dar es Salaam to Zanzibar. Well, they basically they leave from Dar es Salaam at 7 a.m., 9.30, 12, and 4 p.m. And apparently now it only takes two hours. <laughs> Took me three and a half, but hey ho. Catamaran ferries. And they have all sorts of different classes. So the cheapest economy is $35, which is fine because you just want to be on the deck, right? So that would be enough, in my opinion. And you know me, I'm all about the budget. Or you can go business, which is $40, VIP is $50, and royal, royal treatment is $60. Inside the ferry, it's air conditioned as well, and there's kiosks, food kiosks, and drinks, and you get drinks. But if anything above business, you get a free snack and a free drink. But I mean, $35 to $60 for royal. Trust me, the drink and the snack is not worth $25. <laughs> But, you know, whatever. Do what you want to do. I would suggest getting your tickets at least a day before because the, the lineups are pretty big usually. But you can also book them online, but you can't pay for them online. So you have to show up three hours before your ferry is leaving to pay for them. And it's still a $5 departure tax. And then you pay normal, no more than $5 for a taxi to get from the ferry terminal to Stonetown. I just walked. It's not that far. And then if you're looking for a taxi to either Paj or Jambiani on the East Coast... It's probably around $30, or you get local buses for 2 bucks, And they leave from the Darjani Market. Tip three, I guess, the one. <laughs> I always lose track. You're going to need a Tanzanian visa, which, again, you can apply online or at arrival. It's $50 for a Tanzanian 30-day visa. Unless you're American, it's 100 bucks. And I'd say the best time to go is between June and October, because that's the, the dry season, and it's a little bit cooler. I mean, or you can go between December and February. I was there... In September. And I would say your daily budget, it depends on what, like me, backpacker budget or luxury. So your daily budget probably is anywhere between 50 to $200. Like I said, it just depends on what you want to stay, hotels, like stuff like that. And right now, the Tanzanian shilling is about 2300 to $1. I mean, I highly recommend Zanzibar. It's absolutely beautiful. Stone Town's a really cool little city or town. Yeah, the beaches are beautiful in Zanzibar, either East Coast or South Coast. I would recommend it, obviously, once COVID is ever under control. Okay, so we'll see you next Thursday. Make sure you check out the website, manyroadstravel.com, for more info. Until then, safe travels, one road at a time.